Thanks for joining Cornerstone for our message of the week. We hope you'll be inspired and encouraged. To connect with our church family and to watch our services live, download our app today by texting Sparks Will Fly as one word, app to 77977. That's Sparks Will Fly app to 77977 or by visiting us online at sparkswillfly.cc. Let's go to the book of Amos chapter 9. I'm going to teach for a few moments. And uh, <clears throat> if you'll, uh, Colton, if y'all, if y'all roll my, uh, let's just turn old Dappy on while we teach teaching. That'll help me out. Amen. She go to the book of Amos chapter 9. Amos chapter 9. Just to say, save time, I, I, I've, um, I, I want to talk about, I'm just still, uh, I want to talk about worship. And, um, and so there's, there's we, 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 we got a good ways last week, but there was just so much I was cutting and dicing um, to try to, for the sake of time, and uh, we're, we're limited on time again this morning. Um, but... Um, I just want to reread this right here, that, and I opened up with this last Sunday. And, um, you know, when we were first coming up in ministry, uh, I used to think that if you, if you preached a message, you can't preach it again. You know what I'm saying? Because if you preach, a, if you preach the same message or whatever, and um, then I found the evangelists, you know, a lot of them had 10 hot messages. They done had them rehearsed down. They had those messages rehearsed down. So if you travel from church to church, you're like, hey. Man, he preached that on the opening Monday night of the last revival, you know. But anyhow, to be honest with you, in an environment like this, when you sit down, especially like someone that preaches as long as I do, you're not retaining but maybe 20% of that message. You know what I'm saying? And so what I found, instead of not being afraid to preach the same thing again, is really you would need to preach the same thing for about a month till you begin to see the change. Are you with me? And so I just know that I know that we're on the right path and that God's trying to establish something here. And, and I'm trying to write the vision, make it plain, communicate it clearly, what I feel like the Lord is, is trying to get us to build. And so this morning we're going to talk back on the, the Davidic tabernacle, if you will. And we pulled the scripture we used out of Acts chapter 15. That's where James is standing up. Remember, if you... If you look at Acts chapter 15, this is where they brought all the, the apostolic voices together. And they're, they're having this meeting because of what transpired at Cornelius' house in Acts chapter 10. And if you remember that Cornelius' house, this is where Peter goes and he begins to talk about the Lord. And then these Gentiles get filled with the Spirit of God and they begin to speak with other tongues as the Spirit of God gives the utterance. And then uh, this kind of created a riff, if you will, that they didn't think the Gentiles could walk into this. But James is perceiving something here by the Spirit of God. And James has the old covenant with him and he knows that... Uh, that Amos prophesied of about a rough time, and and in the first the first ten uh, verses of Amos nine talks about chaos. It talks about uh, things happening in the land. Um, it talks about back, backsliding people away from God in the land. But then in verse eleven, how many knows nine one one? Come on, somebody. The emergency for that situation was I will again raise up the tabernacle of David, and I believe this is what God is trying to do in the in in the in the days ahead. Are you with me? And so when we talk about singing the word of the Lord, look at the wisdom of God. The number one way to teach a child is if you'll put it in song. 
you with me now? So God wants his word sung over. So are you with me now? So let's look at this in Amos chapter 9. This is also quoted in Acts chapter 15, but I'm going to go to the book of Amos, the ninth chapter, when, when Amos begins to prophesy on that. On that day I will raise up the tabernacle of David, which is falling down, and repair its damages, and I will raise up its ruins and rebuild it as in the days of old, that they may possess, look at this, the remnant of Edom, of, of Edom and all the Gentiles who... who um, who are called by my name, says the Lord, uh, who does this. Now, notice this right here. I want to read this out of the Passion Translation out of Acts chapter 15. And notice how that James is going to put the New Covenant spin on this verse when it says that they may possess uh, Edom. Uh, Lord, help me right here. Find it right here in Acts chapter 15. All right. Look at this. Peter, Peter is explaining in verse 13. He said, when he had finished, Jacob took the floor and said, ladies and gentlemen, listen. This is James. Peter has explained thoroughly that God has determined to win a people for himself among the non-Jewish nations. And the prophet's words are fulfilled. That that has fallen into ruin. I will, rest, I will restore and rebuild what David experienced. That is what we're, this is why we're creating this atmosphere of worship. Because what we're after is not, what we're after here is to get you to have an encounter with the Lord. If all you do is come in here and hear me teach, you, you're, you're, you're going to be informed and that can change your life. But I can promise you one encounter with the Lord will change your life forever. Notice when Hunter opened up the service, he didn't report back. He said, the, the time I went to church, he said, when I, I, at my encounter, Come on, somebody. See, a man with an experience is, ne is, is never at the mercy of a man with information. Because if you ever have experience, nobody can talk you out of it. If, I, if someone can talk you into it, someone can talk you out of it. Come on, somebody. And so, so if you've ever been healed by God, no one can tell you God's not a healer. If you've ever been blessed supernaturally by God, no one could ever tell you that He's not a provider. Come on, somebody. If you've ever been delivered of something by God, nobody could ever tell you that God doesn't deliver today. And the reason why we have a church, come on, somebody, that believes all these things have done away is because we've not led people into encounters. Come on. We... My good God Almighty. What we've done is we've led in people into an experience with our church, not an experience with God. Come on, somebody. It's one thing to have an experience with Cornerstone. It's a whole nother level to have an experience with God yourself. And the greatest revelation I got at 19 when I realized that the same God that I was after on Sunday morning was in church is the same God that I can meet on Monday and any time I wanted to in my own private time with God. That's when your life is really going to change, friend. All right. With me? I'm already come out the gate preaching. Like dusty roads. Now look at this. Shall so restore and rebuild what David experienced. Notice this, where, where Amos is writing, so that they may possess the remnant of Eden, of Edom. Now James says, so that all humanity will be able to encounter the Lord, including the Gentiles whom I've called by my this is for everybody. Come on, somebody. So what I'm saying is to the, to the earth that is in a chaotic moment right now all over the face of the earth, man, come on somebody. We have never seen a year like 2020. I'm, I'm telling you, I'm telling you that God is up to something, friend. You don't see the earth shake like this and God be not up to something. God is trying to shake the church, come on somebody, out of a church, out of a church uh, um, uh, style into a kingdom mandate. Are you with me? 
So, so listen to this. This came uh, out of the book, I think called The River, by Bob Sorg. Bob Sorge, however you say his last name. All right. The most powerful hindrance to heavenly worship being experienced today is the general passivity of your typical congregation. Many believers have never called a vision for contending for anything more than a paradigm in which the few on the platform are fully engaged and proactive while the many in the congregation are splayed into a wide spectrum that ranges from zeal to stupor. This happens in every church. Come on, somebody, across America, especially in the South. In the South, people take the worship as this is what we do to take up time before the preacher comes. Israel never gathered around a sermon. Come on, somebody. They gathered around the presence, the Ark of the Covenant. The church has got to quit gathering around messages and sermons and start learning how to gather around the presence of God. Come on, somebody. We've got, we know how to minister to people. We know how to take care of people. We've got to learn how to minister and host the presence of God and entertain God. That's good. So the mo- what is the most powerful hindrance to what we're talking about being established in this region is what? The passivity of the people. So we got to pray, God, awaken the believer. God, awaken the believer. It, we're, we're asking for revival to come to shake the earth, but we, we got to get the church. Come on, somebody. We got to wake up the church. If the church, if my people, he didn't say if the world will quit, the world's going to act like the world. Come on, somebody. I'm just telling you, we've got to have a massive wake up in the church in America. This what you just experienced the governor just shut down in California. That you can't worship. But see, let me tell you something. The enemy the enemy's using the same tactics. When you remember when he went to get David, the scripture says that he took the he took the women captive and he burned Ziklag. What was Ziklag? What did he take captive Ziklag? Ziklag was the city of Judah. If the enemy ever gets your praise, he's got you, friend. I said, if he ever gets your praise, he's got you. As long as he don't steal your praise, you're going to come out on the other side. Come on, somebody. And the praise of God doesn't have to do with my circumstances, what's in my bank account, whether I'm healed or not, whether I'm delivered or not. Come on, somebody. Sometimes i got to open my mouth before it ever happens. We talked about David bringing the ark into Jerusalem, but the Scripture says he was in front of the ark. David was declaring with his feet and hands what was about to happen to an entire city. He was prophetically ahead of that ark, and as David began to dance ahead of the ark, the Scripture says, says the ark followed him. I'm telling you that the ark of God will follow the church if we'll start heading down to the river. My good gracious. All right. I, I just wanted to teach a man of my God. All right. So we got to wake the church up. Look at your neighbor and say, my God, wake up. All right. Now let's look at this. I'm going to go through a couple of things right here. If you got this, I didn't get this out of some deep realm of prayer. How many of you watch Rick uh, Pino's He's got, um, it's called uh, Rick's Blurbs. You see him? All right, I'm going to take you through just a couple of them. This was off a one-minute thing right here, and I'm preaching. He's just a phenomenal worship leader. How many believe Rick Pino's a phenomenal worship leader? And he also helped me connect something that I saw in a dream that I closed out the service with last week where 
I, I was having the prophet uh, Chris Valentine to breathe over me and my legs begin to float up in the air and he looked at me and he said the word of God is ingrained to me and I told Matt I said I, I got a revelation of what he said in that verse he actually was quote, quoting to me Colossians 3.16 and we're going to look at that in a minute and look at this so if God's going to rebuild David's tabernacle let me tell you this David's tabernacle and the worship that David had looks a little different than what we experience most time here in the south alright y'all right? Okay, it looks a little different than what, what we've experienced in the South. First of all, let's look at this. David was a prophet. Look at your neighbors say, David was a prophet. Okay, so our worship, if, if we're going to be involved in this, in, in, in the, remember I told you the three worship leaders that he installed and Asaph being the chief worship leader was his ability, the Asaph name means to gather. So the worship team and the worship leader, the top priority that's got to be upon them is their ability to gather. Not just to gather people, but to gather people into the presence of God. That is the reason why we've gathered this morning, right? It's 4th of July weekend. We're not at the beach. Come on, somebody. We gathered here this morning, and we're gathering for a purpose of encountering God in the presence of the Lord. Are you with me now? So it is not just to gather a group of people, but to gather people into the presence of the Lord. And what we want to cut down is this chasm from here to here. Are you with me now? Where the worship team is lost in the presence of God, but the congregation is lost at Walmart. The worship team is lost in the presence of God. Come on, somebody. But the congregation is lost in social media. Come on. Uh, we, we're going to eventually get some cameras hung up top right here where we can take different shots. And I told John Brown when we get it there, I want it on the congregation a lot. You know what I'm saying? Because during worship, we see fingernail filing. Come on now. Scanning, texting. Come on, that is not engaged. And I want to get to this in a minute, but God is not seeking worship. Nowhere in the Bible does it ever say that God is seeking worship. What God is after is you, friend. Come on, somebody. He is seeking the worshipers. And what He is after is the throne of our heart. And when God moves, God doesn't move on the song. He moves on the heart. It is when the heart lines up with the lips. Come on. He told Isaiah, this people worship me but they're li- with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. God is looking to find a people, come on, somebody, that will engage into the presence where the heart matches their lips alright so the worship must be prophetic now I said this already I went to write this down and I didn't I think it's it's the scripture in Proverbs chapter 25 help me Holy Spirit alright prophetic the prophetic song of the Lord is not about just singing a, 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 a new song but is it about singing what the Spirit of God is saying right now? It's tapping into the realm of the Spirit to hear what God is saying right now. How many knows that God is always speaking? Y'all right? Are y'all feeling the lull from the hamburgers and the fireworks? Listen to this. That the um, Asher, he doesn't come up to me and say, I'm tired. <laughs> I told you one. One time he asked us, could we take off from church? And I said, no, buddy, we're going to church. And he looked at me, he said, I've been to church my whole life. It ain't going to hurt for one Sunday, but listen. Help me right here. It's tapping into the realm to hear what God is saying right now. What God said, it's like when Matt peered in, somebody's back needs to be healed right now. Come on. 
And the fruit of that word going forth is God did what he said he would do. Come on now. When God releases it, he's going to back it up in the room. Are you with me now? When God releases it, he's going to back it up in the room. So there's, there's a scripture in Proverbs. I think, I think it's Proverbs. Chapter 25 says this. As apples of gold is in a setting of silver, so is a word rightly spoken at the right time. It's not about having the word. It's about having the word at the right time. And so this is what this is what the prophetic worship is. So if you look back and you start begin to study in Chronicles 25 all through there 29 all through there David would hear the word of the Lord as a prophet and he would hand it to Asaph so that he could he could begin to declare what God was saying over the people. Because prophetic worship is about singing over you not singing to you. Come on, y'all. The worship began to shift and change in, in, in the 90s. We had, if you go back to Keith Green, how many's ever heard of Keith Green? Start Googling Keith Green. Uh, he died, I think, around 1984, 86, somewhere on, along in there, in the month of July. But anyhow, he began to break off from these, from these uh, you know, at this time we just had Southern Gospel. I'm not knocking Southern Gospel. There are some out there anointed far and few, but there are some out there. Oh, God, that's going to get me some hate mail right there. But anyhow... Um, I've only been to one Southern Gospel thing. They used to have me way across all night, and I was praying like Elijah. God called up a thunderstorm or something right here. Shut this. Get them. Oh, I quit. It's just not my style, but I can flow with anything. Vestal Goodman was anointed. You with me? All right. But Keith Green began to hear a different sound. And then he, but here's the thing. When we open the Red Book hymnal, or when we sing out of the hymnal, when I go to page 120, he set me free. Glory to God. He set me free. You know what I'm saying? Or 333, I'll fly away. I know some redbacks. So come on. But anyhow, here's the thing. I am telling you what God has done for me. So the worship is never ascending to God. I'm telling you about God. Come on, somebody. I I'm telling you this. You with me now? But now when I start singing like Keith Green begin to write, Oh, Lord, you're beautiful. He began to take his worship from singing to the people to singing to God. Come on, the psalmist says, one thing will I seek. Come on, and this one thing that I desire, that is to dwell in the temple of the Lord my God all the days of my life, Psalms 27. So here's the thing. The worship has got to shift and change from us singing to each other until we learn the audience of one where we begin to sing to God. So we, with the worship, the cross is horizontal and vertical. What we've had majorly in the south is horizontal worship where we're singing to you what God has done. There, there's nothing that, there's nothing. We need to be reminded of what God has done. But we have must, to enter into worship, we must begin to sing to Him. And what I found is this. Listen, I've been married to Catherine for almost 20 years. And one thing, it is one thing to go inside the, the place to buy a card and get something from Hallmark and put my name in there. Love you, love you, John. But how many knows this? I did not come up with that. Somebody was paid to come up with those lines in that Hallmark card. What she really likes, and, and, and those that really know, me know that my weakness is phonics I cannot spell you don't want to put your money on me in a spelling bee I will tell you straight up right now and so here's the thing 
But what she loves is my misspelled words in a folded Xerox piece of copy paper and me pen it out because it's what I really think about her. This is what God is looking from you from the church. Come on, somebody. I remember going into prayer. There's an old uh, Southern Gospel song by Sherry Easter called uh, Just a Handful of Weeds. How many's ever heard that? Talking about I should have brought you roses. Talking about her mom, but she's satisfied with a handful of weeds. God is satisfied with our handful of weeds when our hearts is in engaged in it and when we begin to offer it to him. Come on somebody. I know I don't sound as good as Matt. I know I can't write it like Jen Johnson can write it. Come on somebody. But God this is what is coming for me this morning and this is where I'm at and you know what? God takes that handful of weeds and he thinks it's a bouquet of roses. So here's what we got. We got a worship team that is engaging the heavens. Come on, somebody, to worship. But we will never arrive and get to that place till we join them in song. Come on, somebody. And then when we get to places like where the music, all throughout Psalms, I can't remember the exact number, but it says, it, it, David will be, it'll be the song dinner to say Salah. That's the pause. And what that was, that was a pause from the reading. Come on, the pause of the singing wasn't mad. Now we got the lingering of the musicians. It is in that moment that we don't need to get lost. Come on, somebody. That's when you read your Hallmark card unto God. Man. All right. So the worship's got to be prophetic in nature. It's all about wanting to hear what God is saying now. Don't be afraid to color outside the lines. Religion told us we had to stay inside the lines. God loves God loves creativity and he don't mind us coloring outside the lines. Look at this Colossians chapter 3. Y'all right? Remember in the dream that I shared last week that when Chris Valentin looked at me, he said, the word of God is ingrained into me. Look at this verse in Colossians chapter 3. I'm reading this out of the Passion Translation. Verse 16. Let the word of Christ live in you richly. Other words, devour the word of God. Have it abiding on the inside of you. Listen to this. Before you get the lyrics of the latest song, you've got to have the Word of God ingrained inside of you. This, this, this will help with our ability to hear the Lord. Come on, somebody, because God's going to speak His Word. I got anybody up in here. God ain't going to be talking about the special at Kmart or chicken wings on sale at Zaxby's. He's going to be communicating His Word. Look at this. Let the Word of God, let the Word of Christ Live in you richly, flooding you with all wisdom. Apply the scriptures, what? As you teach and instruct one another. Look right here, with what? Psalms. Let the word of Christ be in you richly as you instruct one another in psalms with festive praise and what? With prophetic songs given to you when? Spontaneously by the Spirit. This is why we're lingering. When you hear the pause in the music, in other words, we just getting off. Because here's the thing. The, revel- the songs that we're singing, a lot of the songs that we're singing is not our revelation. It's the person who wrote the song's revelation. 
That's why, like, if you're gifted in worship, you should hang out in Psalms every day. I heard Israel Houghton say this. He said, when I get to heaven, I owe David a lot of money. Because I just sit there and read his writings and read his writings and read his writings and read his writings. So where, where, where is the prophetic song that's going to be given to us spontaneously by the Spirit? Where is it coming from? Out of the Word of God. Come on, y'all. Y'all with me? It's coming from your Rolodex of what you have in you. Psalms 81.10, he says, open my, open your mouth and I will fill it. The only way you're going to stand there to be able to open your mouth and he fill it is you have it in the reservoir. If you neglect the reading of the word, man, come on somebody. I'm talking about a fresh passion for the word of God. Hebrews 4.12, it says, alive, quick, sharper than any two-edged sword. So this prophetic song of the Lord is going to come spontaneously by the Spirit from the Rolodex of the word that you have inside of you. This is what we're after. We all on the same page. All right. So sing to God with what? All your talent. Sing to God with what? Y'all come on now. Somebody, at least four people help us right here. Look at your neighbor and say, wake up. Greg, here's somebody back there in the back for me. No, I'm playing. <laughs> Sing to God with what? All your hearts. This is what brings the Lord into the room when we begin to engage with our heart. All right. So David was a prophet. Worship must be what? Prophetic. This is what we're after. David was a priest. We need to know how to minister to God as well as man. You with me? Listen to this. As a priest... I am, a, I am a divine connector of God and man and man to God. This is what a priest does. A priest knows how to serve the Lord. You with me? Now why did they... Now, Matt's already gave you one prophetic uh, significance of David disrobing himself coming into Jerusalem with the Ark of the Covenant in 2 Samuel chapter 6. You remember this? He, he, he takes off the kingly robe. He only has the ephod, the linen ephod, that, which is what the priest wore. But the, reason, the other reason why David did that is not only to show that he was conquered, it's because David knew after the ark had stumbled at Nacon's threshing floor when Uzzah reached out to touch it and God dropped Uzzah in the ground because Uzzah, first of all, he, he did not regard the presence of God as holy anymore. It became common to him. Church, God's presence can never become common to us. I'm still blown away that we can gather in here with all of our junk, all of our sins. Come on, somebody. All of our failure, and yet He still comes to us. It's amazing. It's called His grace and His mercy. Come on, somebody. But the other reason why David took the kingly robe off is because he knew that only priests could enter into the presence. My God, come on somebody. He said, I may be the king in the big shot here, but I know this, I'm not qualified as a king to ever tote that glory. And so the only way I'm ever going to get into that glory is take off all of this kingly robe and come on somebody and become common before the people as priests. That's why I love this, friend. Come on somebody. You don't have to be an apostle, prophet, evangelist, teacher, a card in your pocket, a name on a sign. All of us are priests under our God and we can all worship. Come on somebody. And it's the greatest office anybody could ever hold in this land oh my god I feel the Holy Ghost 
My God, I feel the Spirit of God all over me. The priest, the priestly robe, our worship is when we come in this room that we realize we've entered this room as priest under our God. Now here's where I get to participate in the service. This is the greatest time will ever be. And here's what I'm telling you. The worship is the most important part of the service. Here's the thing. David was a king. You do play a kingly role in worship. And here's what it is. Our worship must be kingly. Listen to this. We need to understand our authority. And when we make decrees, something happens. Come on, y'all. I remember, I remember flying into Bombay, India. Coming outside, and when we got out, skirts of town, I mean, it just looked like it was desolate looking, a lot of ever. And then we come by this place that looked like the Ritz Carlton. I mean, green grass, sod, I mean, gated, wrought iron all around it, this gorgeous place. And I remember asking one of the guys traveling, I said, what is that? He said, that's the U.S. Embassy. Even though I'm in India, it has everything of the United States right there because it is setting in that place to represent not India but represent the United States come on y'all what I'm trying to tell you we are the only species on the face of the earth with dual citizenship I happen to be in the earth but my real home is heaven and I have been placed here as an ambassador come on somebody we have an ambassador in India when he's there he's not to conform to India he's there to Bring the United States to them. So you and I are ambassadors of Christ. Come on, somebody. So when I walked in this room this morning, I didn't walk in here as an orphan. Somebody beat up, broke down, beat down, cast down, bought, destroyed. Come on, somebody. I came in here as an ambassador, as a representative of another world. Come on, y'all. And so when I enter into worship, when I begin to make decrees, I'm not making decrees based on what I see here. I'm making decrees on what I hear from up there. Come on, somebody. Because this is the role of worship. We pray thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Come on, somebody. There's no cancer in heaven, so I make decrees here. Father, I thank you for establishing a cancer-free zone. I thank you for healing all around me. Come on, somebody. There's no poverty in heaven, so I begin to decree that out of my mouth. God, I thank you that you blessed us. You became poor so that I can become rich. Come on, somebody. This is kingly worship. This is where David was offering himself as a priest. Who may ascend the hill of the Lord? He that hath clean hands and a pure heart. Who has not lifted his soul unto vanity? He shall ascend the hill of the Lord. Then he says, Salah. Hold on just a minute. We're about to change it up. Then he shifts to the kingly role. Open up you ancient gates. Come on somebody. And the king of glory shall come in. He's making decrees to the people saying open up now. If you open up, you are the gate of heaven. Friend, come on somebody. You are the gate of heaven. You are the portal in which heaven is going to transfer the earth. We are. We're the conduit of heaven. And so when we make decrees... I'm not making no decrees like, will you let this? Like when I pray for healing, matter remember this. We had a couple that, I, I, churches like this right here, they call you 
cults and everything else. You know what I'm saying? That's just because you ain't got no sign out there with a denomination hanging on it. Or they just don't know what to do with it. Well, when I, with the previous city I was in, they sure didn't know what to do with us. And um, so they just, I mean, the town was fascist. He remember this. We went to eat at the country club one day, and a, and, a, and a local pastor opened up the door and said, here's one of our cult leaders in this city. That's how he did. I mean, the, the, the man part of me, I became a little bit red, and I told Kevin, I said, I'm going to tell you right now, you got to pray. I said, God, I'll break his neck. I'm, I'm, still, I'm still trying to become there. You know what I'm saying? I'm a work in progress. Anyhow, when we prayed for him, we, we had this couple to come to our church. And first of all, they wasn't married, but they had a child. Most churches would told them they wasn't even a candidate for anything from God. They wasn't even a candidate to receive because of the circumstance that they found themselves cohabitating without a marriage covenant. God is all about covenant. Don't take me where I'm not going. But I'm telling you this, that Jesus showed people the kingdom before he ever invited them into the kingdom. He could demonstrate something to allow them to come in. Oh, man. So they bring this child. I'm fixing to pray as an ambassador, okay, over this child. I'm not praying as an orphan. Here's how an orphan would pray. Father, we just ask if you would please have mercy. Maybe you could touch his child. Maybe we come up with no faith, God. You touch his child. That is not how we play. Pray. Brought the child down there. These people not churched. I mean, they, they probably think this man's crazy anyhow. You know what I'm saying? Stuck her fingers in her ears. You deaf and dumb spirit. I command you to come out of this child in the name of Jesus Christ. Father God, I break whatever's blocking these ears right now in the name of Jesus Christ. Devil loose this child right now. Well, the mama got that child back real quick. Left. Hey, we look crazy. There was another one. Nothing happened. Three days later, the telephone rings in that house and wakes that child up. That child has 100% hearing in both ears today. Come on, y'all. I'm trying to tell you we're kings and priests under our God. Come on now. Matt didn't ask nobody when he, he did not look to heaven and say, God, will you please do something on these backs this morning? When the word of the Lord came forth, I'm just trying to help us here, y'all. I'm just trying to, I'm trying to help you learn what I, when the, word of, when the word of the Lord came forth, I want to touch it back. That was the ingredient right there that it was going to happen. All you got to do is attach your faith to that. When you hear the word of the Lord come forth, all you got to do is attach your faith to it. When you hear God's about to bless you supernaturally, all you got to do is grab hold of it. I don't care what your bank account says, friend. I'm telling you, if you won't give up on the word, it'll come to pass in your life. All right. So, we're, so listen to this. We're looking for the prophetic. We're looking for the song of the Lord to come forth in this environment, right? Where is it coming from? It's coming from that Galatians chapter 3, that the Word of God dwelling richly in us, this is where it's coming from, right? So we're priests unto the Lord. So what we're going to have to learn how to do is host the presence of God. We're going to learn how when God gets in the room, how do we keep Him in the room? How many ever read Practice in the Presence by Brother Lawrence? Brother Lawrence, people would travel from all over just to watch him peel potatoes. He was a cook. I ain't talking about people come while watch you preach, watch you sing. They came to watch him peel potatoes because he would glow in the presence of God. And what he did was he got in a small space and he would learn how to worship. 
He would just worship till he could feel, till he said the whole room filled up with God. Then he got in a bigger space until he could just fill that room up with God. Then he got in a larger space till he, and what he taught is this. He said any time during the day that he felt his mind drift, he would repent and bring it back to the presence of the Lord. All right, now, all right, let, let's move on right here. I'm almost done. We can't cover it all in one day. Listen to this. David's tabernacle was not just, he had 24 hours a day, seven days a week worship. Now think about this. His, his tabernacle had 9,000, listen to this, 9,000 full-time paid staff just to handle the worship team. I was telling Matt the other day, we were, we, were, we were joking about, well, right here, if you look to the right right here of these guitars standing right here, what's that, Emmett, about 10 grand hanging on that stand close to it? That's unbelievable, ain't it? 10,000, not listen to this. But um, John Eckhart says this, apostle, he's, an, he's an apostle, he said this, he said throughout his travel, he said, when I travel to a church, I can look on the stage at their instruments and tell you how they value worship. How much money do we spend upon the instruments will tell you the value that we put on worship. See, most churches have, well, we just, we, if we just get an old Casio, come on, somebody. That's not a Casio sitting there. That's a Nord Stage 3, and it costs five grand to get that keyboard. But that's the best that's on the market right now. What we're making a statement is we value the presence of God. Come on, somebody. And we value the instrument it takes to lead us into the presence of God. I'm going to get some slack off of that, I guess. All right. But he said you, you can tell by, by, by when you travel. Here's another thing, just a side note. The reason why professional musicians like to go to Nashville and the reason why professional musicians would rather play in a club than in a church is because the club is willing to pay the price for the sound system that it takes. Instead of the church. Come on. We got to quit, quit cheapening. Come on, somebody. The, 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 the systems in the houses that, that, that hold this worship. All right. One more. How many, how many love to listen to Bethel music? Or where, whatever you got. Huh? Take like Bishop T.D. Jakes. He said when he first started, he had an elder that would dub his cassette tapes. But now when T.D. Jakes goes to preach, when he does Megafest, there will be 18 wheelers that is riding down the interstate that does not hold nothing but equipment to dove his messages. And when he gets out of the pulpit, you can go to the lobby and you can get a copy of that message he just preached. It's valuing what God has put in the house and what, what he has. I remember back um, in 1999, 19, may have been 98 or 99, Pastor Dale went to, re, uh, to is where I met. This is how my first link to this house happened. He went to run a revival in Alma. And he was praying that day and he was you know, asking God, you know, what, what am I going to preach tonight or whatever, what do you want to do? And the Lord didn't speak anything about that service of instructing him about what to preach. But the Lord did speak this. He said, you have not valued, you have not put, you have not placed the value on um, on the tape ministry. So he immediately come here and he got Jason and all the staff. He asked Donna this. 
they were all in that room burning as many tapes as they could. And when he went that night to that revival, he had, um, if you was in the church back then, you remember there was a, it was called Equipping the Saints. It was this blue and white um, double fold cassette where there was about like eight to ten cassettes in there. Man, I'm taking it way back it to a cassette player. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but anyhow, some of y'all here remember the eight tracks, so we won't go there. But anyhow, um, so th- this thing or whatever, I was an 18-year-old kid that was a recipient of that, which linked me to this house. And what if he had disobeyed the Lord that day and said, you know what, I don't even value. I mean, we, man, I ain't, we ain't got no tapes in here that people want to get. And here's the thing, they didn't sell them, they gave them out. This church gave. I mean, he had cases of them, he had boxes that they had that Jason drove the church van over there just to haul the cases over there because he felt like God told him. I was an 18-year-old kid, and I grabbed a hold of that cassette. I didn't. I couldn't tell you what he preached in that church during that revival, but I can tell you almost word for word what was on those cassettes because I burned them up in my truck, and I was like, my God, I, whatever's on that guy right there, that's what I want. Placing a value of what God has in this house. Come on, y'all. All right. You give me five minutes, and I'm going to land the plane. David's tabernacle was not just about 24-hour worship, but it was about 24 hours hosting the presence until it brought societal change. God is after transformation. Come on. How is God going to bring transformation when we learn how to host His presence? Not just here, but in our house. When we host the presence of God this morning, right in time I got up out of bed, Catherine had upper room blaring throughout the house on the, on YouTube. How many knows it's easy to get in the presence of God and get your mind on the presence of the Lord when that is going throughout your house? Huh? But it is hard to stay focused on the presence of the Lord when all we got rolling, give me three steps, give me. Huh? Or some country. There's no, number one way for depression is put CMT on in your house. That ain't my truck in her drive. Man, this ain't my day tonight. You headed downhill. Huh? At least put some 80s rock and roll on there, man. Come on, somebody. Some nilly vanilla or something. You know what I'm saying? Y'all, y'all ain't. <laughs> Blame it on the rain. All right, let's go right here. Let's finish. Go to John chapter 4. I'm finishing with this. Man, I, I got, man. Golly, we got some places we can go right here. John chapter 4. But you hear this right here. What we listen to. You still got it on pray. This is pray, right? Yep. Deputy Keys. Hear him playing right here? Crank him up just a little bit. What are they hearing? Man, this is a this is a prophetic minstrel right here. Remember, we, t- we we read over the scripture last Sunday that when the minstrel plays, what happens? The hand of the Lord is released. So Catherine, when she gets to her classroom, she cranked Dappy up. This 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 joker right here is in the deep presence of God playing right here. It's worshiping on the, on the keys. So when those kids come in there, 
they from all walks of life. Some of them ain't never heard nothing about God. They came from a house where daddy just cussed mama out on the way to the house. They come from a house where daddy ain't been there since they've been born. Mama's working three jobs just trying to make it. Come on. But this right here is being played over their life in that room. And just say, Father, I pray that you unlock their spirit. Open up their heart right here to receive just how good you are in the presence of God. Because the minister releases the hand of the Lord. Now, pull up John chapter 4, verse 23. On there. John chapter 4, verse 23. Man, he's quick. We won't have to send this message to John Brown. He's a little faster than you, John. He ain't at the heat. He's at the beach today. He maybe lost his job. No, we're cutting that with you, John. We're playing with you. <laughs> All right. From here on, worshiping the Father will no longer, uh, will not be a matter of the right place, but with the right heart. What's God after? The heart. That's all he's after, friend, is my heart. Proverbs 4 says, guard it, for out of it flows the issues of life. It was when it was when it was when Samuel went to Jesse's house to anoint David. He quickly he 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 stepped, he stepped out there to get Eli, who was the oldest child, who was he was tall. He was good build, good looking. And he stepped out to put the oil on him. And God stopped him. He said, hold on. I don't look at man the way you look at man. I'm not looking at his outward appearance. I'm looking what's on the inside of him. Come on, y'all. So it's no longer going to be about the right place. It's no longer going to be about the right song selection. Come on, somebody. But it's about what? The right what? Heart. For God is a spirit. And he longs to have sincere worshipers who worship and adore him in the realm of the spirit and truth. God is not after worship. Let me just let me give you a newsflash. He doesn't lack worship. 24-7 for all eternity. The Bible says cherubims and seraphims circle his throne. Isaiah appeared into that realm in the sixth chapter. Come on, somebody. When he said the train of his robe filled the temple. Come on. And he said the seraphims flew saying, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord. That word holy means other. Come on, somebody. Means other. That tells me whatever I feel like God is other. Come on, somebody. If I'm broke, he's other. He's rich. Come on, somebody. If I'm depressed, he's other, full of joy. If I'm bound, he's other, free. Come on, somebody. Say holy, holy. It says with two wings they fly, with two wings they cover their feet, and with two wings they cover their eyes. And every time, come on somebody, they have eyes all around them. And with every time they take a peek at the throne of God, they cry out again, holy, holy, holy. He is not lacking worship. The Bible says 24 elders bow down and crash their crowns before the feet of the Lord, declaring His holiness. He does not lack worship. What He lacks is the worshiper. He's after our hearts to engage Him in worship. This is why I'm telling you, if you got a business, I was telling someone in here, business owner, I said, I would begin to play worship. People come in and 
man, I don't, they might not even be looking for nothing. Come on, son. I don't know why I'm buying this, but I'm buying it. Boy, I feel good in the store. The place over here in Thomasville that I love to go eat at called Jonah's. When he built that, they said, listen here. If you don't sell alcohol, you're not going to make it. That's what they told him. And then, then you're going to play worship in your business? You ain't going to make it. I remember a couple years ago, it was in the wintertime, Catherine and I was over there. He was standing out front and he had some bluegrass music being played out there. Real different, you know, bluegrass. Kentucky. What y'all doing up higher? You know, they say higher and there, four. Listen, <laughs> had some bluegrass playing out here. He was standing out in front, and the line was all the way down there to the stop sign. And with tears out of his eyes, he said, "They just come every night, and they stand here. What's bringing them there, friend? I'm telling you, number one, God told him to do it. And what God authors come on somebody, he's a finisher, and he blesses." But I'm telling you another thing. People are drawn to the presence of God. Do you know that your Bible says he is the hope of the nations? They, People that are, are intoxicated, hooked on drugs, they're looking for Yahweh. They just don't know where to find him. This is why God is trying to establish on the earth the Davidic tabernacle. Because if they can ever get in that company of people, they can find God and encounter him. Because he inhabits the praises of his people. Psalms 23. He lives in the praises of his people. Where's God's address? Praise, praise, praise. That's where he lives. But he's not looking for the worship. He's looking for the worshiper to engage with their whole heart. That's why he said, he said, ask me. Call upon me. Jeremiah 33. When you call upon me with your whole heart, verse 3, I will answer you. Don't tell me you can't hear from God. Friend, you can hear from God if you engage Him with your whole heart. Knock, and it shall be open. Seek, and you shall find. How many wants to go deeper in your worship with the Lord? All right, stand up. We're going to pray. We're going to have to stop right here. There's so much. <clears throat> Father, we love you. Just raise your hands. Crank him up right there. Father, we ask for the revelatory realm of God to invade our lives. Father, I'm asking you for a season of prophetic activity like we have never known. Father, I'm asking you of dreams upon dreams of prophetic encounters with you that is unlike we have ever known. Father, I pray that our worship would be so prophetic that when people encounter this environment, it will be just like Saul when he encountered the group of the prophets singing in 1 Samuel 10 when they said, Is now Saul a prophet? God, we pray for the utterance of heaven to be released into this room. 
Father, we pray that you would break the passivityness where we've been passive. You would break that off of our lives. Father, let us be alert. Let us be sober. Let us be vigilant. Lord, let us be aware of where we're at in this thing, in this timetable. Let us be aware. Give us the anointing of the sons of Issachar to be able to to be able to interpret the signs of the, of the times that we're in, Father. Father, we're in an urgent hour. We need heaven to invade earth. We need you to come, Lord. We need you to invade the church. We need the tabernacle of David to be established, God. Father, we need regions that would be portals of your glory that you would begin to pour yourself out, Father. God, I pray over us tonight, over us today, and I pray, Father God, that you would awaken us. You would awaken us in this room. Father, we would be like this. We would not be like the lady in the Song of Solomon. We would not say, I've done got in bed. I've done, I've done washed my hair. I've done laid down for the evening. But Father, we would arise when we hear our beloved at the door knocking, Father. I pray, God, let us begin to rise in this hour. God, I pray that you would awaken intercession. Let's just pray for a minute. You would awaken the heart of the intercessor, God, in this region to pray again, to believe again. God, let hope arise. Let hope arise. And your enemies be scattered. Let God arise and the enemies be scattered. Let hope arise in the church in this region. And Father, we pray, we pray for a fresh expression of worship in Jesus' mighty name. In Jesus' mighty name. In Jesus' mighty name. to go right here. Just stay right here with us. Run with me. Cesar, will you come here and let me pray for you? You mind if I pray for you? I just feel like I'm supposed to pray for you the whole service. And I'll just stand at a distance, okay? From you. I won't even put my hands on you. But um, I just want to tell you, thank you. You know, Gavin and Jess had their baby. Matt just, we encountered him at the school. You work at the high schools. You teach what? Spanish. He's a Spanish teacher. Where are you from? Venezuela. And um, so we, we run up with him. And anyhow, he got drafted. And uh, he's doing a phenomenal job on the drums. Would you give him a great God bless you for his willingness to come? <clears throat> Jump right into craziest church in the region. But um, I'm just going to step out on my faith right here, okay? I don't know you from nothing other than just communicating through Matt, okay? But I just sense and I can be missing, okay? If I miss it, you say I don't agree with that, none of you throw it in the trash, okay? But I'm just stepping out by faith here. I see that you got a heart for like the broken. Do you have a heart for that? Like orphans, things like that? Is that, that in your heart? 
Yeah. I'm just telling you, I just feel like there's a missionary anointing upon your life. That God's going to use you. That I see short-term mission trips, even traveling here and traveling there. Maybe, maybe you're going to travel as a musician. Maybe that's the avenue or whatever. But I also feel like I should tell you that it's not by happenstance that you've been brought here. God's going to do some training and equipping. Yeah, you come in to play the drums, but you're not here for the drums. You're here for the equipping of the Lord that God's going to do in your heart. And I see a rapid work coming in your life, even fast. Just a hunger for God like you've never even, you thought wasn't even there. But there's some hunger being awakened inside of you. And you're like, man, I don't know, man. i got to dig deeper in this Bible. I mean, there's just some things going on in my heart. And that, that hunger's coming from God. But I'm just telling you, I see you with a team of people traveling to do short-term mission trips. And I just see that. I see you working with orphans. I see you working with the needy in, in the third world countries. I don't know. I just feel like I should tell you that today. And that maybe that was a dream when you were younger and you said, I don't know about that or whatever. But I'm telling you that those things are upon you quicker than what you think. That is not way down the road. This is not a decade that I'm talking about. This is, this is even coming upon you now. The Lord's brought you here to prepare you for such work in a time such as this right now. So I I just thank you for your labor to this house. I ask God to richly bless your family. And, um, and, and the call of God that is upon your life. That uh, I just feel like there is just some, man, you thought you was a drummer in this. But I'm telling you, I just see the Lord just opening a whole lot of set of new doors for you that you would never even thought possible. I bless you today. I bless your family by the Spirit of God. Father, I thank you for his heart. I thank you for what you're doing in his life. In the mighty name of Jesus, even in your classroom, things are going to be different this year. Man, I see you. That God's just got an anointing on your life. There's some kids that got walls built up that I could never get in through those walls. But the Lord said he's going to give you words to say. Just learn to listen to my voice. I just see you, man, as just a clean book that the Lord's writing upon right now. And God's going to get, he's going to speak into your ears and you're going to know it's him. He's going to sound in your ears like a trumpet. He's going to say, say that to that one. Say this to that one. I see you even being used in the classroom just with the prophetic of God upon your life. Just an ear to hear. All that is is even Solomon, when he cried out, he didn't say, God, give me wisdom. He said, God, give me a listening ear and what through that development of the listening ear came the wisdom of God and so I'm just telling you God's going to anoint your ears to hear in this next season you're going to hear things for your family you're going to turn to the right when God says turn to the right you're going to turn to the left when God says turn to the left we bless you today by the spirit of God Father I thank you for this man Thank you for the call of God and the anointing upon his life and just for the mission field that you got inside of his heart in Jesus name listen to me there's an artist I want you to listen to there's an artist I want you to listen to when it comes to worship, Lindy Conan and the circuit riders. I see you a part of that type of company. That company's in this house. It's just developing. You're at the right place at the right time. I bless you in Jesus' name. Come on, give God a great God. Bless you. Listen here. Tune in Wednesday night to the live stream. We'll see you here next Sunday. God bless you. We hope you enjoyed our message of the week. Thanks for joining us. Our passion at Cornerstone is our family atmosphere built on deep relationships. We want to connect with you. Please take a moment and download our app and connect with us on social media to stay updated with all things Cornerstone. We pray you have a wonderful week.